Robeson here. Thank you for joining me on this podcast where we talk about spirituality, the awakening process, mental health, and so much more. Join me weekly to get your weekly dose of spirituality and medicine. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. I'm so excited you are here. We are in a great time of awakening, like a massive time of awakening. Some of you may have been on this awakening journey for quite some time. Some of you might have just started it. No matter what, we are going to have many awakenings in our lives and we don't just go through one. And so I think it's really important to remember what the awakening process is because For me right now, I'm going through another awakening and it's been quite interesting because I've had many of them, but this one's like very, very interesting and the way that I'm navigating it, the way that I'm feeling into myself and I'm really having to confront some limiting beliefs that I have and some perspectives that I have. And it's such an amazing process, but it can be challenging. So let's talk about what the awakening process is. So the awakening process is a subtle nudge or a major bop over the head (laughs) where the universe says it's time to question status quo. It's time to look at your thoughts, your beliefs, your values, your emotions, your habits, your patterns, because they're not in alignment with you anymore. They got you to this point and they can't get you to where you're gonna be. And these thoughts and patterns and beliefs are conditions, conditions from experiences. And those experiences you had and they're great or they maybe were horrific, but the experience themselves can't dictate the rest of your life. And that's really important. Also, when we're in the awakening process, we start to question relationships and all relationships is what I mean by that. So it's questioning your relationship with yourself, with creator, God, universe, and with others. And when we question these relationships, it allows us to also see the truth in the relationship as well. And so that's a really big thing too. So we have this awakening process that can be subtle or major, and it can be cued by a small or major life event, like losing a job, losing a loved one, having a near-death life experience, or it could be small where you just wake up one day and you're just fed up. You're like, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. And it can be a gradual or major process. And whatever one it is, it's how your system wants it to be in that particular moment. Once you've entered into the awakening process, if it's too major, you can always say, I want to slow down. Like, I can do this softly. I can do this safely. Where you don't have to do it at lightning speed because it's not a race. It's not a race whatsoever. So from there... Once you start the awakening process, the next step is to start looking at and confronting your limiting beliefs. And this can be a little challenging sometimes, our major, (laughs) because 
These are the conditions that have gotten you to this point. And these conditions have kept you safe. They allowed you to navigate this world. But now you have to look at your fears. And when you look at your fears and you look at your limiting beliefs, you start unshackling yourself from the past. And it is so freeing and it is so amazing, but it can be scary, scary, scary. But we have to do it because when we do it, we break free from the conditions that have us on the wrong path. It's so important that you break free from this condition so that you can be in alignment and on purpose and living your many purposes. So the question is, is how do you start to question and look at your limiting beliefs? Well, you start to connect with your inner wisdom. Your inner wisdom, your intuition is always, always going to vibrate at a frequency that allows your heart to shine that allows your beacon of light to illuminate the path that you are aligned with. You can do this by meditating. You can do this by journaling. You can do this by doing spiritual practices. You can do this by chanting, do this by praying. There's so many different ways to connect with your inner wisdom, but one of the most profound ways is to get silent. By getting silent and silencing the noise in the brain, you can then start to take an honest assessment of what it is that you're really wanting to do and how you're wanting to do it. And the how might not come right away, but there's this call to tap into that deep knowing that's within you, that's wanting to be birthed. Think of the phoenix rising. We have to transmute everything with the element of fire. And the element of fire has the ability to transform. It is the one element that takes something like a piece of wood and it's no longer wood, it's ash when the element comes in contact and transforms it. And this is what we're doing when we're tapping into our inner wisdom and we're questioning our beliefs. And when we start to question those beliefs and use our inner wisdom, we start to transform them, which is amazing. So once we start tapping into our inner wisdom, the next step is to start embracing the shadow parts of yourself. The shadow parts of yourself are the parts that we deny, the parts that we overlook or pretend that aren't there. This can be an aspect of you that's so out of balance that keeps you safe because of reasons in the past. But these shadow elements have to come to the surface because when you bring them to the surface, instead of suppressing them, instead of denying them, you get to take an honest assessment of who you are. And by having an honest assessment of who you are, this allows the self-discovery process to go deeper because you get to discover parts of yourself that are angry, upset, disenchanted, furious, disjointed, collapsed, depressed, in avoidance. Like there's so many different parts of our shadow aspects that are out of balance, that were created out of necessity. 
And when we deny these parts, they will always rear their ugly head at some point in time in your life. Because if you don't acknowledge them and you don't heal them, they're just sitting and waiting. And when they sit and wait, there will be the perfect opportunity for them to rear their ugly head when it is time for them to do so. And I'm saying that, like, rear their ugly head. These parts are actually quite magnificently beautiful, even though they're the shadow aspects of yourself. You were so intelligent. You created these shadows. You created these shadows out of necessity to get you to this point in life. And these shadows deserve to have your attention. These shadows deserve to have a voice. And by giving them a voice, you get a better understanding of yourself. And then you get to heal them. You get to transmute the energies that they're holding on to and let go of the past, let go of past experience that have brought them to this point in time. And the beautiful part about this is, again, you get to have the self-discovery. There's an epiphany when you work with shadow aspects of yourself that happens because it's like, oh, I react like that because of this. And it can be hard to admit because um, I, trust me, <laughs> sometimes I'll do something and I'm like, ooh, that was kind of, that wasn't, that wasn't how I would normally react to that. What is that? Why is that happening? And that's usually when I know that there's something there for me to dig into. It's like when I have an authentic reaction that is not my typical compassionate reaction, but it's authentic in that particular moment, it is meant to be a judgment-free zone when that happens, where it's like, ooh, I got to get really honest about my reaction. I got to get really honest about my behavior and take an honest assessment here because there's something here for me to look at. And this is that discovery part. And this is the magical part that I'm talking about. That's really amazing when it comes to working with the shadow aspects, because when you bring these into balance, man, new doors really open up for you. And when those new doors open up for you, you get to live a more authentic life that's in alignment. The next part of the awakening process is cultivating mindfulness. When we cultivate mindfulness, it allows us to be more in the present moment. It means that we're not living in the past and we're not always living in the future. The present moment is the most important moment. And when we find that, that balance between the past in the future and we just become really present, all aspects of your being start to calmly settle. You're also telling these aspects of your being that it's safe to be in the moment and not live in the past or worry about the future. And this allows the nervous system to start to regulate. This allows the mind to start to decompress and come into balance. This allows the physical body to start to heal. A mindfulness practice can take you to magical places. And what the mindfulness practice will also do is invite you to be more present in conversations, be more present in relationships. And that means relationship with yourself, relationship with the universe, and relationship with others as well. 
Mindfulness practices can include breath work. Breathing is free. If you can own the breath, you can own your peace. So mindfulness is breathing work. There's all sorts of different breathing practices that you can do and meditation. And there's all sorts of different forms of meditation. And this is going to help to cultivate that mindfulness practice. And then again, journaling as well. Journaling is a great way to create a mindfulness practice too, because you can get out what's creating angst and creating stress that you might not be aware of and you get it out and you're not holding on to it. So then you can be more mindful in the present moment as well, which is super helpful. The next step in the awakening process is self-love and compassion. This can be really challenging. And I know this is really challenging because I have a lot of students of mine in my Akashic Record program, Sacred Awakening, that they'll talk about how it's it's challenging to give themselves love. And this is, comes up in other programs as well because it's it's hard and it can be hard, but I want you to humanize yourself. I know it's easy for you to humanize other people where you you can give them some slack, you can cut them a break. And we want to give yourself, you'll want to give yourself that same level of compassion and self-love that you would give a child or you would give a family member or a friend or a loved one. You get to have that as well, because when you give yourself love and you give yourself compassion, you start to let go of all of the judgments. This is also a release of old patternings and limiting beliefs as well, because if you try to be angry or upset while giving someone love, they just can't reside at the same time. And what I mean by that is if you're instantly upset about something, which you have the right to be instantly upset about something, you have the right to feel your feelings. So this is not bypassing feelings. Like it's really important. Like if you're angry, like I was angry the other day, I was super disappointed that someone hurt my feelings. And I instantly went into self-compassion because I was disappointed because they didn't meet my expectations because of all of the things that I have been doing for them. And so I had to move into self-compassion for my choice in my behaviors to give and give and give and then have an expectation to receive. And I should have, I should be able to receive, but that wasn't going to happen. And so for me, I had to move into self-love and self-compassion for my choices, but most importantly, self-love to not take things personal because it's not personal, um, because it's about that person and not me. And so when you can move into this self-love and allow yourself to one, love on yourself and truly, truly mean it. And that can take a lifetime to truly mean that you love yourself, but it starts with daily practices. You can look in the mirror and say, I love you. When you get upset with yourself or you call yourself a name or you notice your dialogue isn't in alignment with self-love and compassion, stop and pause 
and reflect on your behavior and how can, and then ask yourself, how can I move into self-love? How can I move into compassion? And a lot of times if I hear myself say something that goes against self-love and compassion and is moving into judgment, I'll pause and I'll say, that's not true, Amy. So if you can catch yourself in the act and then claim it not true, you can cancel it. Um, also, this is really important. Just acknowledging your feelings doesn't mean you're bypassing them. So if you are feeling something, so if you're feeling anger, you're feeling sad, you're feeling whatever it is that you're feeling, acknowledge those feelings because that is an act of self-love. What's not an act of self-love is if you allow those feelings to consume you and you can feel those feelings and then you can cancel those feelings once you feel them and you process them and they get to choose a different feeling. And then by choosing that feeling, then feeling that feeling allows you to move also out of whatever that feeling was, you process it healthy, and now you get to choose something different. And that's an act of self-love as well. And it's a powerful act of self-love. The last step is integration and expansion. When you're in the awakening process, you're gonna integrate what you're learning about yourself, what habits, what limiting beliefs you're letting go of, what you're moving into, and you're gonna integrate these things. And then you're gonna move into expansion, which is the next level. But this also means that the awakening process is a lifelong journey. And you're going to constantly be learning new things about yourself. And you're going to constantly be integrating new things about yourself. And so it's more of a curiosity where you get curious about where you're at. You integrate it. You heal. And then you enter into the new chapter. And then the cycle repeats itself depending on what chapter you're in. I love the integration part. And I think oftentimes people will move to the next thing because they're like, oh, I worked on that. But then they miss the integration process. And the integration process is just as important as the awakening process, just as important as looking at the limiting beliefs, just as important as cultivating mindfulness, just as important as all the other steps. The integration process allows you to integrate into a new frequency. And when you integrate into a new frequency, you embody it. And then you move into expansion, which is expanding your energy field, expanding your new energy signature. And that energy creates new signals out into the universe, assisting you in manifesting your true aligned path. And so don't skip over this process. Don't be in a rush to look for the next big thing that you're supposed to be working on. Integration can take minutes, days, months, years, depending on what it is that you are integrating and what you are working on. That doesn't mean that you're not integrating other things. We work on multiple things all the time. And I just want to encourage you to lean into the integration process itself because it is life-changing, my friend, life-changing. And the reason why it's life-changing is it brings a sense of well-being, a sense of 
purpose, a sense of living on purpose, and living in alignment for your greatest good. Not the greatest good of the collective, your greatest good. And that's really important because when you're living for your greatest good, with that sense that you're on purpose, you're in alignment, you automatically get an alignment for the greater good of the collective as well because you're being your authentically, perfectly beautiful, unique self. And when we go through this process, we get to open ourselves up to that authenticity that is ready to be birthed from the rubble and the craziness and the chaos that you experienced in your lifetime. And the awakening process itself and going through this whole journey is all about reconnecting and remembering and awakening to your greater powers and your greater purpose so that you can be of service. And being of service looks different for each and every one of us. I want to encourage you to be authentic, to be true to yourself, to live in alignment, to embrace the awakening process, even when it's messy, even when it's challenging. Ask for help if you need help, because that's really important as well. I know for me, like, I, I'm always working with someone because I find that it holds time and it allows me to, like, be really honest with myself. And that might work for you. It might not work for you. But that doesn't mean that you're not doing homework at home. Like, it, the process is your responsibility, not anybody else's responsibility, and when you take responsibility for yourself, your actions, your deeds, your thoughts, your beliefs, you open the door to the authentically lined path that you're meant to be on. The awakening process will open your heart, bring you into alignment. If you choose to do the work and you choose to open yourself to new, to new possibilities, You'll get to live with compassion and self-love and get to gift that also out into the world. So, all right, my friends, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please make sure you like and subscribe and share this with a friend. Tell me also in the comments or give me a review. Let me know if you're in another awakening process or did you just start your awakening process? I would love, love, love to know. All right, friends. Take care. See you soon. Bye.